Hello and welcome to Stories, the True and the Fictional. As you can tell from the slightly different style of music, this is going to be a slightly different style of episode. It's something we call Story Chat, where we sit down with an author, a filmmaker or any kind of storyteller really, and talk to them about their life and their work in a real fun and laid back way. So sit back, relax, unless you're going for a jog, then run faster. It's story time. We here at Stories the True and the Fictional love giving shout outs to authors, both seasoned and new. Today we are giving a special shout out to author Martin Kearns. His book, Beneath the Veil, is the gripping first book in the Valor of Valhalla dark urban fantasy series. If you like reluctant heroes, infernal myths, and bloody epic clashes, then you'll love Martin Kearns' formidable foray into the unknown. Find out more at readkearns.com or by following the link in the show notes. Hello guys and welcome to this episode of Stories the True and the Fictional. Today we have a guest. Where are you from, Chad? I should, I should, I should have looked, looked into it a bit more. <laughs> I'm from uh, Delaware. Delaware. Um, nothing, too spe- yeah, nothing too special there, but I mean, I'm originally from Philly though. As, as an Australian, Delaware does sound fancy. I'm just, just saying. It's, it, believe me, it's not. It's, to me, Australia seems fancy, so. Well, not right <laughs> not now, I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, um, let's crack right into it and get these icebreakers started. Ryan always demands taking the first one, so he gets to ask the third one. So yes, take it away, how, Ryan. That's how I roll. Um, so thanks for coming on, Chad. So we're going to start with question one. If you could get rid of one thing in the world, what would it be? Um, I'll go with the uh, cliche here. Um, I'm sure everyone says it, but hate, uh, because it's the root of so many things. Um, without hate, there wouldn't be racism, homophobia. There'd probably still be war uh, because, you know, lack of resources, but uh, it's used to sell wars. Um, but for me personally, I only hated like two things in my life. I hate Hitler and my ex-wife. Other than that, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like two minutes in already. My kids can't watch this. <laughs> No, you know, you know, I agree with you there. I, I, I do hate Hitler, but it's very hard because the people that live in the house in front of us have a cat, and it's an adorable cat, but it has a little Hitler mustache. So I'm kind uh, of maybe he uh, he's reincarnated into a cat. Well, to be honest sense. with you, he's even got the black, like a black little, like black little parting hair parting on front of him too. So I got to be a bit wary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to around my, my, uh, my house. Yeah, stay away. Yeah, I, I think that's a very good answer. I, I, you know, I think the world would be a much nicer place if we had a lot less hate in it. True, very true. Hopefully, no one hated your answer. Um... <laughs> one person did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, tell us something on your bucket list. On um, my bucket list, uh, to be honest, I want to become a best-selling author uh, because that will allow me to do everything else that's on me, my mm-hmm. bucket list. So it will give me the freedom to travel, to uh, to go to museums every day, and to write every day. And that's mm-hmm. the hardest thing's time. So if I was a full-time writer, that would uh, that, yeah, that'd be all right. Yeah, that's well, actually that's a that's an achieve that's a I think that's a a, a more achievable 
uh, answer than what we have a lot of people saying, you know, like if you can, and, and as I said, it, 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 everything else on your list can be met by achieving that one thing. True. Um, but it's a hard thing because yeah. I mean, to be, uh, for a writer, for that to be their primary occupation, it, it's most writers can't do that. Um, um, so a lot of people do it as a hobby. Some people make it as a partial living, but not as their full living. Uh, oh. But my goal is th- this to be my living. But yeah, it's you know, hopefully, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, exactly. Well, we'll we'll help get the word out about about you and your your books and your stories and everything. So hopefully, we can play a small part in that goal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. All right, this is my favorite question. And the most judgmental question we ask, um, what is the greatest sitcom ever made? And if it's not your favourite, what is your favourite? Uh, easily. The, it's the greatest sitcom ever made and it's my favourite. Easy answer, Seinfeld. Yeah. Seems to be a very popular one on our with, with all of our guests. You know, I think it's something that stands to time. It's I'm, I'm a massive Seinfeld fan. I have all the C's in the box set at home. Um, I think it's something that you could still put on and watch today and still... You know, it doesn't kind of take you too much out of, you know, the the current time frame, and um, I think you can come and just have a laugh. Yeah, and for me, I, I a Jewish background, so it relates to me a lot as well. So, no, I I could not agree more. As I said, I've watched it many many times. It's always good for a laugh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, now it's time for my favorite uh, question even though I have a terrible answer for it myself. But um, what's your zombie apocalypse plan, if you have one? Well, first, um, reanimation of dead tissue is not a thing. So it's impossible to have a, a zombie apocalypse. Uh, but saying that, uh, that came from Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's an astrophysicist. So I would have him on my team because you need a scientist <laughs> there. So one, he would prove it that that's, it, it's impossibility. If not, he'd be there. Um, also on my team, I would have my girlfriend because I have to be happy. Yeah. And uh, you always want a couple weak members. So maybe I, I have my sister. Um, so when uh, the shit hits the fan, you, you, you sacrifice a couple of people so you can make exactly. it escape. Exactly. I feel the exact same way. <laughs> you need to have a couple of weak people on, a couple of people that you kind of like. You Okay, if I have to, if, if things go well and I have to keep them around, that I like them. But then if, if the shit, as you say, if the shit hits a fan. You need something expendable. Yeah. Yes, see, I like that answer. That's a, that's a true horror horror writer answer right there. I'm a massive horror writer. I like that answer. So that, that goes well with me. If you've got a conscience, you could probably just swing by the prison and tell you're going to help them out. I had no conscience, so I'll be good with that. I'd be, I, I think I survived from zombie apocalypse. I had no conscience. I'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even worry. That's uh, right. That's right. I love it. All right. Well, this is the last one. And this is another one that I absolutely love because we always get good answers. Um, so Mr. Elon Musk calls you up and offers you to test drive a new electric time machine he just invented. What do you do and where do you go? Uh, I wouldn't go in that thing. That prototype time machine. I don't want to be like the fly. I'm going to turn <laughs> to the, the grundle fly. But um, hypothetical, if it worked and I could go anywhere and I wouldn't turn into some crazy being, uh, I'll go back to biblical times. Um, I want to check out uh, Moses and his burning bush. Um, one, I don't think that was a thing mm-hmm. um that's my personal opinion um but if i'm wrong then i'll get in good with god and put in good word for me if not i'm i'm not saying it's a coincidence but uh, that was the same year that uh barbecuing was invented so really? i'm not saying that he was doing that but i, I heard i hear that moses is a rib guy so 
Have a good barbecue with uh, yeah. Moses. Yeah. That, that would explain the, the burning bush. But there you go. <laughs> I think so. That's two, two, two potential origin stories there. Exactly. <laughs> uh, very, very good. I love love those answers. That was Wonderful. good. Thanks you very much for, for taking the time. We like to do it with all of all of our guests just to give give our, our listeners and our watch our watchers a a bit of an insight into into you and 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 how and your personality. So thanks for answering. Yeah, I think I killed it. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> did. <laughs> All right. So, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, Chad? Uh, tell us how you get into writing. Um, you know what what inspired you to become a writer? Sure, I've been writing for a long time. I've been um, so I'm forty four, almost forty five. So I, I've been writing since college, um, not professionally at all, um, but just honing my craft. It's mm-hmm. not something that's built overnight. Uh, my friend um, DK, uh, he was a writer. Um, back in college and he wrote a story and it blew me away. So I figured if he could do it, maybe I could do it too. I, I have a different writing approach than, than he had. Uh, he um, more wrote like Jack Kerouac, that kind of style or my style, not at all like that. Um, but it just budded from there and I've been writing ever since and mostly wrote short stories. And then I wrote a novel and it just, you know, like a seed it grew. Okay, excellent, excellent. All right, um, why don't you tell us a few, tell us, give us a bit of background in terms of, of what books and authors that you're a fan of. I'm a, a lot. I mean, uh, my favorites are uh, Dumas. Um, I love, uh, you know, Count of Monte Cristo mm-hmm. and, um, you know, uh, the Black Tulip is one uh, that's not well known of his, of his that I, I love. Um, but also uh, two of my favorites, and this is where where my book was inspired um, was Bram Stoker. Um, Dracula was one of mm. the most underrated books, even though Dracula is well known, but the book itself, it's so rich and developed and so well-written. Um, it's underrated because of the character. Everyone knows the, you know, the pop uh, culture character of Dracula, not the actual story of the book. Mm-hmm. And also uh, Arthur Conan Doyle and uh, Sherlock Holmes. It's, yeah. I could I just mm-hmm. eat that all that up. I love it. Cool. Excellent. So, so you're, you're you're quite into horror that that sort of stuff. I can tell. So, so w- what about that genre resonates with you, and why why do you love writing it so much? Uh, because you you're not, you're not boxed in. Um, you, for example, historical fiction. You're kind of boxed in with the historical aspect. If you get the history wrong, the story's gonna be off. With yeah. horror, you're never wrong. Um, so the boundaries are limitless. Um, for me, I don't like this. I don't like the slasher type of horror. Um, it's all about glam and gore and shock yeah. value. Um, I like the more cerebral horror to get in your head. Um, to me, that resonates more with the reader. Uh, they, they think about it more. It sits with them longer than just yeah. the you know jump scare or, or things like that. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm quite the same. At least with, at least with films, like I, I can't stand horror, but if it's a well written horror, then it's going right. to pull me in regardless. Like I mean first five seasons of supernatural i loved because it was well written freaked me out but it was so well written i had to watch more and um that right. happens with books as well so and for me that's with anything i i, I don't think i tie myself into a particular genre that i that i like to as a as an audience member um if it's a good story even if it's like romance which is not my thing if it's a good story then <clears throat> that's all you really need in the end yeah Excellent. Cool. Um, so, do you want to tell us a bit about your um, the, the collection of short stories you got in now, The Void? 
Sure, that, that came out uh, a couple weeks ago, about two, three weeks ago. So it's a collection of my short stories. Um, mo most of it is horror-ish, uh, definitely dark, dark literature, uh, dark fiction. Um, and it's a collection of stories and going back 25 years. So the first, first story I ever wrote is in there. Um, oh, wow. It's not the original. I, I redid it, obviously. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a collection of stories over the time that I've written over the past 25 years. Um, and that's to build up my... Um, uh, feature-length novel that's coming out this fall yeah which is um prisoner of fear correct prisoner of fear correct yeah. and that's um as i was talking about um arthur conan doyle and graham stoker it's kind of like a combination of their writing styles um it's a, almost an homage to both of them because they're my two favorite authors uh so uh, uh bram stoker's dracula is written in the epistles uh, story uh style which is a um telling a story through a series of diary entries mm -hmm. and um, letters and uh, excerpts. Um, and, um, and there's also a horror element to the, to the book. And also there's a mystery to the book just in the same way as uh, Sherlock Holmes. So it's a duo um, uh, you know, team yeah. trying to figure out the, the big mystery at the end, kind of like Holmes and Watson. Yeah. That's cool. You got me intrigued. I know Ryan will probably buy a copy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no. I just got the well, you know when it comes out. Morning, so I'm looking forward to reading that. I've got uh, I've got Kindle Unlimited, so I saw it was on there, so I jumped on that. Um, but yeah, so you, you mentioned that's coming out in October. So how's the preparation going with all of that? Pretty good. Right now, it's in the editing phase. Mm -hmm. uh, so the editor has it, and um, the, the big challenge for me um, when it first when I wrote it, I wrote it as you know. Um, one book was originally called Paroxysm of Fear. Okay. And uh, when I signed on with the publisher, uh, they said it was too long. So I had to split it in two. Okay. So that was a big worry of mine. So, um, you know, I, there was one story, which I had to split in two. So I had to make one complete novel out of it and then make a, another complete novel out of the second half of it. So I had to make sure the arc is right. Um, and that's where it is right now in the editing phase. So they're, they're working through that. So was there, was there? Did it take a lot to do that kind of reworking? Because obviously you've 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 organised it in one big story, and then to be told, hey, you know what, we've got to, it's too big, we've got to split it. Um, how long, or sort of, you know, how how was that to wrap your head around to sort of go, okay, well now I need to turn it into two separate stories. I can't just split it. I've got right. to make sure it all works through in the process too. Right, and that, and that was our. It wasn't a total rewrite. Um, I used the basis of the first half as my main book, but like you said, I can't just split it in the middle because yeah. you, you have to have you know that one. You have to have a, a full story, so it can't be yeah. half a story, and you have to make sure, like I said before, the arc is right. It, uh, you can't have the climax in the middle or the beginning, and then just kind of like uh, you know drudge on to the end. So I had to pick a point in the book where it would make a good uh, spot. To split mm -hmm. which was earlier on so it wasn't quite half the book it was kind of in the first third um so i had to flush it out a little bit add a little bit more at a beginning and definitely um have to uh, add a, a new conclusion to it to make it one whole complete book not just like but not like a cliffhanger at the end because i wanted the reader not to be frustrated you know and have to wait for the second book to come out <laughs> Yeah, unless it's coming out tomorrow, you sort of think. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it's going to come out. Uh, they're planning on uh, releasing it about two months after the first oh, that's one. that's good. So it'll be pretty quick. Yeah. Give yeah. time for people to read that first one. Hmm. Yeah, 
yeah. and hopefully build an audience base. Hopefully, yeah. they'll be yeah uh, craving the second one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so as as and I'm not bragging here, but um, as someone, I, you know, I've published a book as well, and I got a deal with a publisher. Um, how how did your deal come around? Like, did you approach them? Did they approach you? How how did you get into that publishing stage? Um, well, so I, I began my journey as you know as you know, as a first time author of a new book, uh, you know, you have to go through an agent. So I, I pitched my um, book to, you know, first you'd spend like five at a time. And yeah. um, I, I reached 60 agents, I think. Wow. Um, no one got back to me um, either. Well, they did. They got like former reje- rejection letters or, you know, just got ghosted. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I belong to a lot of uh, writing forums on social media. And through that, I found the publisher um, and I was, I asked them, if, are they taking submissions? And they said, yes, submit your story. Um, and there's a couple of publishers that uh, I found in the same manner. And uh, this particular publisher, uh, they like, you know, I submitted my story. Uh, I think I submitted the first three chapters and they asked for the full manuscript and uh, they liked it. And then the, the rest is history. Cool. And, and you're very happy with them? So far, yeah, they, uh, they've been great to work with. Uh, um, I mean, they're an indie publisher, so they're not, you know, they're not like Penguin or a Random House. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they've been great to work with. Um, you know, I had to make a few concessions, like I said, splitting the story in the, in the two. Um, yeah. Because yeah. they said the, the book wouldn't necessarily be unsellable, but it would be over 500 pages. So for a first-time author, that's a hard sell. Um, it would be priced high because, you know, more of a page print yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, they did cover design, they're good marketing distribution. Um, they're paying for the edit, even though I got it edited, um, I edited, I paid for uh, my own private editor uh, before sending it off to them, but they're, they're, uh, you know, any more, the more set of eyes on it, the better. Yeah. That's, that's what I found. Yeah. Which scared me a little bit with the short story collection that came out because it wasn't, I mean, short stories don't, collections don't sell that well, um, in general. Um, so not much went into it. I mean, they did the cover design, distribution, all that, but it didn't go through around the editing because it didn't pay to do that. So it only went through my eyes and the publisher's eyes. So that, that's, yeah. that was the scary part. So <laughs> it's a little unfiltered. Um, I don't think I caught many major errors in it, but yeah. hopefully. <laughs> so did, did did they make you take anything out of it that you that you know you loved, but they said no, nah, that won't work. Like like was it a struggle that sort of thing? The um, the short story collection or, or the novel? Hey, they're all. <laughs> no, the short story collection, it pretty much was as is. A couple minor tweaks. Um, I actually made the most changes on my own. When um, uh, she was, you know, gave me the, the final print and before it went to publication, I, I think I made a couple of changes on my own the way I didn't like the way it was formatted or, or whatnot. Um, but as for as the novel, we're not there yet. So she um, went through it once, the editor. And um, she liked it. I don't think any major, major changes are going to happen. Um, a couple of things where I had to refocus a couple story uh, story points and move it forward and stretch it out. But yeah. other than that, nothing too major. Um, so that was the one fear because, you know, you give it to an editor, you don't know what you're going to get back, especially yeah. your publisher's editor. So that's the real deal. Yeah. Um, it's not something you're paying and, you know, you could reject, reject it or not. Yeah. Um, if it's going to the publisher, you know, they're going to want it their way. So uh, it was scary. Um, yeah. But the feedback I've gotten so far, nothing major is going to uh, be changed. Yeah. That should be a relief. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's, uh, I was joking. It was um, before my first meeting with the editor. 
it's kind of like going to like a proctology appointment. Um, you know, it's something you have to do, but you don't want to get a, yeah. <laughs> no, any kind of takes... rectal examination is not fun. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you've seen that movie with Jim Carrey, uh, The Majestic, where he's a screenwriter. No. And no, like it, it, it literally starts like he's a screenwriter and he's sitting in the room and they the producers and all like going through his script and they're like just changing everything. Like, what if we make this boy a cripple and then there's a dog right. and then you know like and he's just sitting there going, it's not even my movie anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's a different story than when it began with. And yeah. yeah, that's the fear when you're, I mean, especially a first time author. I have no you know real pull with the publisher at all. It's pretty much all in their end. Um, so yeah, if they said no, this is all crap. You have to change this part or change the end yeah. or change this plot point. Um, it's either make a decision, either scrap the whole deal or uh, give in to their whims. But it looks like so far, um, it's nothing that drastic. So that's uh, relief, like you said, a relief. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't heard back from my um, publisher or editor yet. I mean, they sent me a mug yesterday, but um, it's it's been <laughs> like a month, month and a half. Like they, I'll take they, a mug. I haven't gotten a mug. I yeah. I got my cover. That's about it. But I didn't get a mug. I mean, it's 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 not my kind of mug, but it's still a nice mug, you know. Like it's still a mug. You still drink your coffee out of it every morning. Yeah, it's fun. Exactly it. <laughs> um, excellent. So obviously you've got the the prisoner fee, which is coming out in October. So are you working on anything else at the moment, Chad? I am. So the prisoner fear is coming in October. Two months later, the mm-hmm. paroxysm of fear. So I'm going going to the original title. Uh, to release the second book um, that I am going through my own edit right now. And that's, uh, I'm about a week away from that. And then after that, I'm coming out with a series of three novellas um, called uh, Cerberus. And Cerberus is uh, the three-headed dog in Greek mythology that guards the gates of Hades. Yep. So it's a loose, a loose uh, allegory of Greek mythology. That's the best way to put it. It's almost like a spaghetti western meets Greek mythology. Oh, uh-huh. sounds so, like so, my kind of book right away. So, yeah, so all right, I got, yeah. I, got you, I got you on two. So, all right, I got. I love it. <laughs> this is this is really the whole point of the podcast is we get people on to sell books to Ryan. Yeah, um, pretty much. All right. <laughs> I've bought more books in the last two years than I've bought in my whole life, I, and I am an avid reader. But um, yeah, I've I really like I'm a, as I said I'm a, I'm a big horror buff, so I'm looking forward to reading The Void this afternoon. Um, soon as I just, I picked it up, so I'm just yeah I, I'm I'm finding so many so many authors we have on are just everyone's just so talented. So it's just really good that because if I, I like a book, I'll review it, write it, I'll pass it along, I'll get as many people to read it as possible. I try and shove it down people's throats if they won't listen to me. And um, <laughs> it's I'm with music. I'm the same way with music. Yeah. Like if, they, if no one likes the band I like, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and you know what? That's that's what we're that, as I say to all our authors. That's what we're all about. We just want to get more eyes on the books because there should be more people reading in this world. And, um, you know, the more people, more eyes we can get on people's books, um, the more money you guys will make, the more notoriety you guys will get. And that's all we want. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that, I mean, the world has changed. Um, I think, uh, I think to my publisher's point, um, people have a shorter attention span. So that's why they don't read larger novels. I'm yeah. not that way. I mean, I'll read a 1200 page novel. Fine. Yep. Um, but a lot of people have that shorter, you know, like clickbait. Um, mentality Um, so you know me starting up with a 500 page novel versus the first one being like 200 250 I mean she she made a good point Um, she's uh, you know 
catering to society as it is. And like you said, the, the point is, uh, for me, the first couple books is not to make money. It's just mainly to get my name out there and um, for the next deal and the next deal, like I said, so I can become, you know, um, a self-sustaining author. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we, you know, the, when we, you know, when Jamie started writing and, and everything like that, we just thought there needs to be more outlets to get, you know, to get you guys out there and to, you know, to, to advertise and to, get people reading your books so that you can hopefully fulfill your bucket list. You know what I mean? Like to become, I mean, you know, it, it, I, I would love to have some of the guests on be able to end up in, you know, a few years or something, eventually do this for a living because obviously it's what you're passionate about. It's what you love doing. So. Absolutely. Because, you know, I, I mean, my, my career right now, I'm a pharmacist, which mm -hmm. is, you know, pays the bills. Um, but um, as my girlfriend said, we were out to dinner. And uh, someone introduced me like, oh, here's Chad. He's a pharmacist. My girlfriend said, no, he's, he's a writer. So exactly. <laughs> um, that's how, I, you know, that's how I view myself. Um, uh, you know, ph pharmacy is great, pays the bills. It's somewhat interesting, mm -hmm. but it's not my passion. Uh, it's not what I live and breathe. Um, I mean, I could, if I could immer immerse myself in art every day, I mean, uh, that'd be great. I'll tell you what, like I, me and Jamie both came from, we were both musicians and like I was in a band for 20 years and I used to work the day job to fund the dream. You know what I mean? Like wow. you work, you work, the, you work the, the nine to five, so to speak, to pay the bills so you can go out and do what you love yeah. on weekends and, and Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, just playing shows. You know what I mean? Like right. you need the money to buy the gear to, you know, to, to fund the dream and yeah yeah yeah. that's exactly the same with with writing you know you just you need to have that stability so you can pay your bills so that you can keep writing yeah correct correct and and, and for me uh, um this is some of the big dilemma is uh where to put my money um yeah. so i the opportunity maybe to hire a marketer um i was you know uh, stocks are tanking so i was gonna buy stocks uh, like mm -hmm. tesla i really want to buy tesla mm -hmm. um but instead of doing that I'm, i think i'm gonna invest myself and um yeah you got to take and that higher marketer to push my name out there more, but we'll see. I'm very in the very beginning of that process, so yeah. And and you have to be willing. Like it it it, it is a risk, but you know, if the biggest the biggest bet you can is to bet on yourself. And if this, you never know, you you could put a bit of money into yourself, and it, in five or ten years, you could turn around and go, you know what, that was the best decision I ever made in my life. Yeah, or it could crash and burn, but at least I tried. Um, I yeah. I think I'd be kicking myself if I didn't. But then Especially you can with, try, with, you know? the prisoner of fear. I, I have to give it my full effort. Um, I have it. I have to give it the best chance it can to succeed. Yeah. I agree, and that's the best attitude to have. And the and the the, the horror the horror writing um, or the horror genre is pretty popular, isn't it? It's yeah, it's popular, and um, <clears throat> it's kind of like my favorite band, Tool. Um, my favorite. That's my favorite band in the world. Mm -hmm. um, it's popular, and their fans are are virulent um they they they're diehard fans they 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 rip into the material they love good material so yes. you have a very loyal fan base um so that's what I, I also love about the horror genre um and also i mean a lot of people don't like it because they don't like to be scared um yeah. but if it's that good story that they'll read it the readers will come if, if it's a good story and i really do believe in this one um i, I mean I, the void i think it has some great stories in it uh but the prisoner of fear um, when I look back at, on it, it's it's something well, like wow, I, I can't believe I wrote that. It's, it's I mean, I'm proud of it. Well, I definitely can't wait to read it just on having the chat with you today. So, 
Um, yeah, man. And you are right about horror fans, man. I, I'm I'm horror ride or die. Like I will watch anything, but horror is my go-to. It's what mm. <laughs> I, I I watch horror movies at night to have to hopefully have nightmares about the movie rather than about real life. So right, right. Like I I'm yeah, I've I'm probably out of all of our group the, the horror aficionado. So you are right. Me- I, I, I will ride or die for my horror, you know what I mean? Like and, um, and for me, I, I don't want I don't want you to read my work and have a nightmare. That's not, I want you to read my work and not be able to go to sleep. So that's, that's my goal. And look, hey, that, that will help me massively. You know, I love that. I have, I have insomnia, so you know what I mean. Like, me I, I, that's where I get most of my reading done because I I don't sleep much. I sleep like three or four hours a night. So yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah, yeah. That, actually, that's when I do most of my writing is is at night, which which works really well with horror because you know everyone's yeah, asleep, say, it's sit quiet. So, so you, you, both of you guys would be the guys, kind of guys that, like, if, if a ghost came into your house, you wouldn't go, ah, you'd stop and take notes. <laughs> I will, yeah, but actually, I, I want to be the ghost. I'd rather be the ghost than, than meet the ghost. But yeah, no, I wouldn't be scared of the ghost. Um, I'm kind of like the, um, the protagonist in my book. I, I don't think they're real. Right. Um, but that's my biggest fear is that ghosts aren't real because um, my true belief, not to get too personal, is that when you die, that's it. It's that's kind it. of like a blip you just like blank out and you're you know for eternity you're 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 done and that's my biggest fear yeah. um yeah. so if a ghost is real that would be uh it would quell my biggest fear at night and then maybe i could sleep well if there's any <laughs> ghosts listening and watching um send us my house in delaware <laughs> <laughs> just just start going around delaware knocking on doors um <laughs> there's there's no there's no life in delaware so maybe there is a ghost ghost yeah. so who knows <laughs> well well sticking on horror like do you have any favorite favorite ghost stories or, or things you've heard that that you might go maybe there is a ghost uh in real life no not, not- um, um but my favorite ghost stories are stuff like you know stephen king um yeah like pet cemetery was not necessarily a ghost story um yeah. but i actually my my favorite ghost story was um I think it was in the Cole Kidman uh, movie called The Others. Yeah, I think it was yep, yep. Never saw it, but yeah, I know the one. Oh, oh that's a good, so that's good. A good one. That that predicament in that movie. Imagine realizing what, she, not to spoil anything, but what she realizes at the end of the film, and just to, uh just yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, the 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 twist um, from the Sixth Sense was great, mm-hmm. but this. Yeah, I don't. I don't think as much as much as a shock as a sixth sense, but it was more cerebral. The way what she had to do um, at, at the end to become that ghost. Yeah, it was. I think that stuck with you more um, because the horror that she had to go through and the decision that she had to make, mm-hmm. whether right or wrong, probably wrong, mm-hmm. um, and then you know to be haunted with it for an eternity, to live with it even after death. Um, yeah, it was well done. I like that one. Yeah, that's a great movie. You should watch that, Jamie. If you like a good story, I know you don't watch much horror, but if you like a good story, that's a good one. Well, I'll watch it in the morning, and then after that, I'll put on a Disney movie. <laughs> that involved I... well, well, Chad, we've recently only just got... Um, are you familiar with Shudder? What is the it? Horror, uh, so the horror streaming service, Shudder. Uh, no, I don't have it. No, I, oh, I actually just got it. I in don't Australia, watch that much TV anymore. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, we've only just got it in Australia, so I'm currently like like a kid in a candy store of just a, a streaming yeah. service with nothing but horror and like a lot of indie stuff on it too. So that's 
really good. So, and, uh, would you say a lot of good good content out there, or do you have to weed yeah. through? Oh, it's good content. I, I will agree. Like I, I um, I found a lot of good movies in there. You know what I mean? Like movies that I never would have heard of. Right. Uh, there's a movie called Superhost. Um, just about a you know a couple of vloggers who, you know, they review bed and breakfasts and they go to the wrong bed and breakfast and the uh, yeah it's I'm not going to spoil anything but yeah I found a whole re- a lot of a lot of really good movies and they have a lot of classic stuff like you know they have all the Halloweens and you know a lot of mainstream stuff right. too I know you don't like slashes but they have different the good thing is it's categorized so if you want to watch something supernatural there's a whole selection oh really slasher. If you want to watch a noir, if you want to watch a found footage, like it's all separate in different categories. So I love it. So if you ever get the chance, check it out. Cause I think, I don't know if they still do free, like free trials and stuff, but oh, for a horror fan, I did set, I love it more than Netflix. Oh, wow. Do you yeah. ever go real far back into horror? Um, uh, like go back all the way back to like Nosferatu? Yeah, yeah, that's one of my my ex wife, who's also my best friend. That's one of her favorite movies. She introduced me to that. The nineteen twenty eight movie or something. It's fantastic. What's his name? The the actor Max. Uh, I forget his last name. Uh, Max Shrek. Max Shrek. Yeah, because that's a, they they took that name and used it in Batman Returns. Um, yes, yes. Character that I should have known that I'm a massive Batman nut, but uh, yeah, me Max too. Shrek, who was um, Count Orlock, so. He was yes. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's it. that. You and, know, what? Um, it took a lot to find you, that movie. <laughs> did you ever and going with Max Shrek? Um, it's actually a movie directed by Nick Cage, and I'm not a Nick Cage fan. It's called Shadows of a Vampire. Yeah, I've, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Oh, you got to watch it. Okay. <laughs> it's about um, basically the filming of that movie, um, but it takes a it takes a turn. Um, but um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Willem Dafoe uh, oh. plays Max Shrek, and he does an amazing job. You sold. I'm a massive Willem Dafoe fan already, so that just sold it. Oh yeah, John Malkovich is in it as well. Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Oh yeah. great! I'm getting onto this right away. And um, who's the guy from uh, The Princess Bride? He's in it too. Oh, Car- uh, uh, C- Carrie, Carrie Elwes or whatever, however you say his name, yeah. but yeah, he's in it as well. So, oh, excellent! I'm going to be watching that this afternoon. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. You'll like it. And it's, I can't believe Nick Cage directed it. Would blow, I know. blows my mind. Well, but it's, it's good. It's really good. He's pretty desperate. <laughs> yeah. It just looks odd. And doesn't he have like a million dollar comic and then he could just sell it and all these problems would be solved? But he um, won't sell it. No, Jamie, it's a little bit more than a million dollars. It's action comics number one. It's worth something like 5.8. But yeah. That's yeah. Okay. So he could solve all his problems. <laughs> Right, he's just, I mean, to be honest, he's just got to go away. Yeah. He was in one, like, two good movies, and, uh, that's about it. But he did direct a good one, so I have to give him that. Um, yeah. If you watch it, you, you'll, yeah, you'll never I will. believe What that. I'll do is I'll watch it, and then I'll, I'll reach out to you, and I'll, I'll let you know what I think. I appreciate that. All right. All right, definitely. <laughs> All right, Jim, cool. so do you want to let, so before we let you go, Chad, do you want to let people know, obviously, you've got your website, which I've been on all morning, chadmiller-author.com. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to let let our viewers know? Are you on social media where we can where they can find you? Yeah, I have my own uh, uh, Facebook page, uh, Chad Miller Author, as well. Uh, um, Twitter, I'm not that active in Twitter. Um, I do have a Twitter page, uh, same Chad Miller Author, and uh, same thing on Instagram. I'm just Chad Miller. Um, so Facebook, 
uh, but definitely the best place to uh, reach all the publications. Uh, I post uh, links to all the media. This will be, uh, uh, the link to this uh, interview will be on there as well. Um, and all my publications, um, you know, I have uh, a lot of stuff published online. Um, I'm in a couple of anthologies as well. Yeah, I and the link to the Void, of course, the link to the Void will be on there. And uh, when the other books come on, uh, those links as well. So uh, yeah, the hub for everything that I have is definitely in chadmiller-author.com. That's the best, best place to go for information for all my stuff. Excellent. And if you want to find um, Chad's book, The Void, just simply type his name into Amazon, even like for our Australian listeners. The best way I found to find you was to put your name in and bang, follow you as an author and it's got all your publications. For our overseas viewers, I'm sure the, the links are directly on his website. Yeah, I'm proud uh, when I, I did Chad Miller author search on Google, I'm the second one that popped up. So oh. you don't have to dig that deep. So it comes up pretty pretty quick. Well, let's put our horror heads together and see if we can get rid of number one. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Chad. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been great. We yeah, should hang out. Yeah. Guys, we really appreciate you coming. And we <laughs> want to get you back on in October just before um, before your book yeah. drop so we can get a bit more promotion now. Um, and that's The Prisoner of Fear, which is coming out in October. That would be wonderful. Cool, cool. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, guys. Um, if you're an author, if you know any authors, send us an email to the true and the fictional at gmail.com. We'll be happy to have you on. And uh, we'll catch you next time. and watchers, Jamie here. I just wanted to take a second to let you know that I too am an author, and I have two books of my own. One, Letters from the Emu War. Based on a real-life event, it tells the story of the time when the Australian Army declared war on 20,000 flightless birds and lost. This book is written from the perspective of those who won. And two, Bucks Night. First in a trilogy of novellas, it's about a medieval-themed Bucks party that is interrupted by the zombie apocalypse. You can find them both on Amazon by following the links in the show notes.